Welcome back to another edition of Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. We like to call it the Hump Day edition of Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. All training camp has begun all across the NFL. What a beautiful thing. We'll get into it and discuss the Dallas Cowboys. We got news, notes, and nuggets from Dallas Cowboys training camp. Uh, the Texans signed one of their offensive linemen, their right tackle, uh, Titus Howard, to an extension. We'll talk about what that means for the Houston Texans. We'll do our predictions and discuss. Discuss offensive rookie of the years and defensive rookie of the years, uh, potentially, and also uh, the least and most experienced teams in the NFL. We'll get to a lot of NFL news, notes, and nuggets. Ghost Rolls, Astros with another win over the Rangers in that series. Hopefully, they can break out the brooms. We'll talk about it. Lionel Messi definitely worth the price of admission, and that's a whole lot of straight cash, homie, we're talking about. Also, we'll get to some college football discussion. Uh, expectations for Texas football are sky high. Once again, a national analyst uh, putting Texas at 11 wins for their prediction. We'll talk about that and get into uh, expectations for Texas football, go behind the burnt orange curtain a little bit, and also uh, predict the breakout players uh, for Texas football this upcoming season and discuss who's traveling the most in this new look Big 12 coming up. Uh, There are a lot of other news, notes, and nuggets to get to. Plenty to talk about right here on Ball Don't Lie. Uh, Hart's going to be coming in a little bit later on, but of course, uh, I'm never alone because I got the Idealionaire, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid. We're pretty damn sure this man is underpaid. It's Patrick Davis, y'all. What's going on, Patrick? I mean, two days in a row I get Mm. to talk about the Astros beating the Rangers? Woo! I don't don't know. Yeah, I don't want to jinx it. I I don't think we made predictions on the games. We're just going to watch them and try to enjoy them. You know what? I haven't been enjoying them. I know Rangers fans ain't, but I've been enjoying them. And them in drama in both games. There has been drama. A lot of drama in both of those games. And I actually feel the, the, the. I can feel right now how upset Rangers fans are. I, I know the the first game that wasn't as I don't know. I don't think it, that was as controversial as a call. There was a I think this call in the eighth inning last night was a little more controversial. It, it's and one it, of those it's a big determining factor. It was one of those things where you're like, I really wish on both of these we could have had the audio of them deciding it. So we could have gone, hey, so this is the reason why we're making this call. Oh, yeah. So then we the go, explanation okay, from the I officials. get that. And they're not just like, ah, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, so I, I feel for Rangers fans out there. That's a tough loss. They both have been tough losses. Uh, but that that was a tough loss because that was a big uh, controversial uh, call in the uh, the eighth inning uh, that Rangers fans might have cost them the matchup. And they think they got hosed on that one. A lot of Rangers fans thought they got hosed in game one and game two. Uh, we sympathize with you. So we'll talk Astros and Rangers coming up uh, in the next segment. And good news for the Astros. There's talk. At least the GM's hinting that Altuve and Jordan could be back for game three. Now, I don't know why you would need them for and, game three. And Fromber? Fromber oh, Valdez oh, yes, could be right. pitching tonight. Yeah, I know. So I, oh. You could tie the division, and I believe we have a head-to-head record right now, so we would technically be taking over the division if we won tonight. Wow. Big game. Big game for the Rangers. Um, and I don't know. I think the Rangers are going to take one in this series. I, I, breaking out the brooms on the Rangers, considering they were playing so well, that seemed like to me, I don't know, very lofty uh, as an Astros fan to have that type of uh, those uh, ambitious ambitions uh, for the Astros in this series. But I'll admit the Astros have looked really good, and that's without uh, Jose Altuve, without Jordan Alvarez. They've had injuries. And by the way, Rangers have had injuries too. Yeah, um, uh, Dolores Garcia has missed game Nathan one. Ivaldi's uh, have been out. They Ivaldi's got Marcus Simeon. Been, is it Simeon? Oh, no, Seager. Uh, Corey Seager. So, Corey Seager, excuse me. Yes, Corey Seager. Uh, he's been out. Yeah, so they, they've had their uh, issues as well. All right, we'll, we'll talk some baseball coming up next segment. We'll also get into um, a, a little bit of discussion, uh, and we didn't talk about this yesterday, about Jalen Brown. I want to get Patrick's thoughts on the richest contract signed in NBA history, which is crazy to say Jalen Brown would sign that one. Technically, that is the case. Yeah. That's a lot of money for Jalen Brown. I didn't yeah, think Jalen Brown was one of those guys, but this is a the max. This is the max player thing. Yeah, the max this contract. Is, this thing. is whatever. Uh, yeah, there, yeah, there's a couple things in it that I would not have put in. But, okay, all right. But I want to yeah. get your thoughts on it because I know you. We didn't get into it yesterday because there was so many guys signing contracts yesterday. We didn't get to it. You had like three different guys signing contracts. We also had some big time contract uh, updates and headlines from today, and they hit close to home too because Titus Howard for the Texans signed a uh, big deal. All right, so we'll get to that too coming up. We also uh, are going to uh, talk. Um, in fact, my man Harge, he's coming in. He's going to tell you who's got for Harge, not like he's got special guests. So we'll get to that too coming up and give you the lowdown there. Uh, you can always be a part of the show. Spec Text Line's the best way to do it. 512 337 3776. Let's give you some uh, updates on Cowboys training camp. Okay, so 
the best news coming out of Cowboys training camp. Well, the best news. The, the there's some good news, and there are two I think uh, really nuggets of good news for Cowboys fans. One, Terrence Steele is is basically ready to return to camp. He is not going to start the season on the pup list, which is the physically unable to perform list. Um, and that's really good news for the Cowboys because the Cowboys' offensive line right now, and they'll get it. They, they're without their best offensive lineman, really their best offensive player in Zach Martin because yeah. he's holding out. He's going to get his money. Jerry even said uh, he's a part of our plans, and he's going to get his money. They expect a resolution to that. But he is officially holding out because he did not join the team when training camp started. Matt Forniak and Josh Ball are among the top options uh, on the first team without Zach Martin. I wouldn't worry too much about that right now. He's the ninth highest paid offensive lineman, so it makes sense that he's holding out. He should not be outside the top five, honestly, considering he's the best offensive guard. Uh, he, sorry, he's the t- ninth highest paid offensive guard, I should have said, in the NFL. Not, but he deserves to always be in the top five of offensive guards because he is the best guard, arguably, in the league. Madden has him with a 99 rating. I think he posted that on social media, too. So Terrence Steele coming back after Terrence's ACL, MCL, and MPFL, uh, too. Like he, it, was a, it was just a, a really devastating injury. He actually now returns to camp, and now you can have available your, you know, when Zach Martin is signed and there's closure to that issue, which I believe there will be, uh, you'll have access to your best five offensive linemen, and they can figure out where they want to put Tyler Smith, because he can play tackle and play guard, figure out what they want to do with Tyron Smith, whether he's going to be your right tackle or your left tackle. It seems to me that their best combination would be Tyron Smith at really Tyler Smith might be at left tackle and Tyron Smith at right tackle. But then I don't know what you would do with Tyron Smith. And to get your best five out there hard, you kind of have Tyron Smith at left tackle Tyler Smith at left guard, then Terrence Steele at right tackle, then Zach Martin, who he plays right or left. Was Zach Martin play right or left? Uh, he actually plays the Is it left? left. I think it's the left. So yeah. then, yeah, you'll have Tyler Smith on the right playing guard, and then you'll have Zach Martin on uh, the left playing guard, uh, and uh, and then Terrence Steele would be your right tackle. Yeah. So that's I'm, how you get your best five out there. But I don't know if that's their best. Like combination, but that's your best five offensive linemen. I don't know if that's your most productive, I should say, combination. Yeah, and, and, and you know, you sit here and you look at it, and Tyler, um, excuse me, Zach Martin does play right guard. He oh, plays so right next guard. to Steele. So left, okay, yeah, so yeah, yeah, Tyler Smith will be the left guard. Yeah, so okay. Terrence Steele will be the other one on there. So you, you sit there and you look at that combination, and this is the time where you start to figure that out, right? Do You see which ones are going to be your best ones. How are they going to perform in training camp? How What type of shape are they in when it gets ready for the game? In the comfortableness, right? You've got to be able to you, – you've worked together on one side of the ball for a while. And that has been the biggest thing for me is when you look at the Dallas Cowboys, Tyron Smith, the problem is you don't know how long you're going to have Tyron Smith because he always has an injury at some point. Very true. You know you're going to have to prepare somebody to step back out to – the uh, left tackle position, and that's why Tyler Smith was so good last year. He was very impressive. You knew going into the draft, I was like, man, I don't know about this, man. I I really can't see how this is going to work. And then, boom, he goes out there, and he is an absolute savage. He didn't have that many penalties, which I thought was going to be the biggest problem. He played a really, really good left guard and left tackle because, don't forget, they bought Big Boy in, too. Mm-hmm. Big boy is 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 coming in there. Uh, what was it, Jason Peters? Jason Peters. Yeah, he's no. Yeah, yeah, from the Eagles. He came mm-hmm. in, and and that's when everybody started to learn a little bit different. And that's when you got to see all these different combinations as well. But for you're right, you got to have Zach Martin in there. And think about what Terrence Steele has become. This guy was, I believe, um, undrafted, undrafted out of Tech, out of Texas Tech, mm-hmm. and he is now, to your point. One of the best offensive linemen that the Cowboys have, and they're going to make sure that they pay him too. 
Yeah, I mean they'll that's see that's the other yeah, part about it, man. See how he bounces back yeah. from injury, but there's no doubt when I mean Terrence Steele is your best option at right tackle. Remember they moved Tyron Smith to right tackle for a little while, and I don't know if it was uh, a fruitful experiment. Yeah. I think they like him at left tackle, but if you put him at left tackle, like you said, you better have an insurance policy behind him. I think Tyler Smith is that insurance policy. Yep. He can go from guard to tackle, um, and then at that point, you just got to figure out another solution uh, for guard. But yep. I mean. Terrence Steele, like I said, he he is to me. I think he is one of your success stories. He is one hundred percent. The development, yes, uh, in the development aspect for the Cowboys. I mean, that's a guy's undrafted who now has turned into a starting tackle in the NFL. Like I said, I want to see how he comes and off about the to injury. get paid. It is, <laughs> yeah, if he comes off if the he injury. Comes really off, well. Yeah, that's. I think the, a big part of this is how does he look coming off the injury. But for him, it's a contract year, so he's as motivated as he will ever be. Well, you know as well as I yeah. do, when people are for that contract, they always seem to have the best career. Mm. I mean, best season ever. They don't deal with injuries. They are ready to go. Mm-hmm. As soon as they get that paper, ah, ooh, little Nick here, hey, little scratch here. I got to sit out <laughs> for a little bit. So. It's, it, it is what it is, and, and for me, the Cowboys' offensive line is going to be the biggest um, spot for them to be successful because we were talking before about the running game and how we don't know what it's going to be. When the Cowboys were really rolling, they had a good offensive line and they had a great running game. That is going to be the biggest question for me. But they do have some pieces. Yeah, when Tyler Smith is at left tackle and they put Tyron Smith at right tackle, they were averaging like 100, 105 rushing yards per game. But they were giving up 2.8 sacks per game with that combination. When Tyler Smith's at left tackle and Terrence Steele was at right tackle, 143 rushing yards per game and only allowing one sack. Yeah. That seems to be the best combination in terms of tackle. Mm-hmm. But then what the hell do you do with Tyron Smith? And it, it'll make you weaker in, in the interior O-line Correct. because you won't have Ter- Tyler Smith. So like I said, you may have more productivity or better e- efficiency um, based on some combinations, but getting your best five offensive linemen out there, there's no doubt you got to throw Terrence Steele and put Tyler Smith inside and put Terrence Steele at that right tackle. Yep. Okay. Uh, getting to the other news notes and nuggets from Cowboys camp, Jordan Lewis, this is bad news, I guess. Mm. Um, he's going to start on the pup list. He suffered that Liz Frank injury uh, last season. Never good. And he's, yeah, he's, he's not going to come back, uh, at least on the predicted schedule. I'm not going to think it will be early. He's not going to come back early because I, I believe the average median time to return from a Liz Frank injury is around 11 months or something like that. So he might be 11 months in September, so he's going to start on the pup list. That actually is not for the Cowboys. It's bad news for him, but for the Cowboys, it is not debilitating. Nope. Because Deron Bland, who had five interceptions last year. Speak on it. Who, you know, stepped up as one of the best nickel slot corners in all the NFL. So you want to give him more time, and he Mm -hmm. stepped up in Jordan Lewis's uh, absence after the injury. And now you got Eric Scott. Who was was he a sixth round pick? Sixth round pick. And they love him. Apparently, yep. Dan Quinn's been raving about this young man, and he's another guy that they like to play in the slot. And then there's Kelvin Joseph, who we don't know what boss man fats mm-hmm. is gonna end up being for the Cowboys. He may Trade be it. traded or cut, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> they got Nation Wright though. Yep. Um they got Israel Makiyamu. Uh, mm-hmm. uh he can play nickel, he also can play safety. Uh, so they got options at the that this is not you know, for the Cowboys, like I said, this is not terrible news. For Jordan Lewis, I'm sure it's very disappointing. It's very disappointing for him, especially because of the fact that he will have um, fallen further behind on that depth chart. And just for those who hadn't been paying attention to the Jordan Lewis news and who he actually is, for a few years, the Cowboy fans were pretty much done with him. They didn't really feel him as that slot because yeah. they was because he was also playing actual corner. At one point. Then all of a sudden, we realized, hey, man, he's actually pretty talented out of Michigan. But he's not a big corner. He's 5'10", 195 pounds. And now dealing with that injury, you know as well as I do, as as an athlete, guys that have to cut all the time, when you have that Liz Frank injury, that's a little bit different for you on your feet. When you're starting to try to move around, it's going to be yes, it's like going to be something too. Whether you're a big guy or a little guy, Liz mm-hmm. Frank is never a good thing to have next to your name. Yeah, that's why it takes so long to come back. Basically, yep. a year just yep. to get back. And if you get back, like you said, it's still a struggle to try to get to the level of play um, that you want or that's expected. 
Yeah, I don't know why Cowboys fans. Cowboys fans are, are tough on DBs. Very much so. I mean, I really don't get it. I've been covering the Cowboys for a decade plus now. Yeah, you guys are really tough on DBs because Jordan Lewis. He was a playmaker. I mean, he was making plays out there for the Cowboys. Um, but I guess Cowboys fans don't like a guy that gets beat. But, man, he was, like I said, he was making plays. See, that's Didn't the like thing. like that guy. Trevon yep. Diggs, they, yep. they're skeptical on Trevon Diggs. Like, the guy makes plays. Everybody gets beat. Yeah, it's the NFL. Yep, it's going to happen. <laughs> they're all going to get beat, man. <laughs> exactly. It, it, you know, the guys that come back in and making plays, people are mad at Trevon Diggs saying, you know, Trevon Diggs, hell no, if he's worth that kind of money, even okay. though it's only top five. Uh, cornerback money. I'm like, only. It's still big, big time money. Yeah. Um, but not realizing Cowboys have led the NFL in takeaways the last two years. And I believe Trevon Diggs has accounted for more than 20% of those. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and not only that, he brings them back to the house. He scores touchdowns. Right? I believe he has 67, in, uh, 67 takeaways in the last two years he total. And he's had, what, 14? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh trust me. It was like, dude, I'm not you don't one think of those people. to get paid? I'm not one of those people. Dude, I believe that he deserves right? to get paid. I'm like, he's a he's basically. Because if he goes somewhere else. You gonna be mad because he's gonna be making plays against you. I'm like, that's a, yeah. That to me, that would have been hell. He should have got paid more. I would have went in with that stat. Like, what? Twenty <laughs> percent all your takeaways, man. This which is why, cashing in. Which is why your boy uh, Zach Martin, he knows what his stats are. Mm-hmm. That's why he's taking it in there. He's going there with that Madden. Yeah, he's going with Madden. Have you seen Madden ratings lately? Yeah. And I'm you know I'm part of it. I'm a 99. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I deserve to be paid. <laughs> he's, he's he's gonna get his money. That's, I don't think Cowboys fans should be concerned about that at all. That's actually not. I think something to be stressed out about. Especially I think when he just wants to miss training camp at this point. He's old, old guys like he's that. He's a veteran. They advance it like, he's man, I don't want to go in there to like week three of, of the uh, training camp, and then I can waltz on in there. Oh, we we doing game planning now? Great, yep. let's let's go. Especially when you he got a chance to see Ty, Titus uh, Howard get paid today. Yeah, he's she's telling his agents to slow play it. Bro. Yeah, slow play it. The I'm guy was like, out. we want to pay him. He's like, nah, nah, nah. Well, let's uh, let's ask for something unrealistic. Yeah. So give me some more time. <laughs> That's we'll the, work on that. He wants a fully guaranteed deal. Well, we can't do that. All right, you got about two more weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you got to do. One more time, ask yep. for a fully guaranteed deal. You that'll, that'll give you a little bit more you're time. Get some, That's right. <laughs> you're going to get a little bit more time. Unless you're unless you David Mulligetta, yep. unless you're you know the agent for uh, you know Deshaun Watson like David Mulligetta <laughs> was. That's about the only one. Yep. Um, okay, let's get back to some more Cowboys nuggets. So uh, another, I think another big story is that Tony Pollard is – Ahead of schedule. He is not mm-hmm. going to start the season on the pup list. That was some concern, too, that maybe he wouldn't come back 100%, or at least maybe he wouldn't be on the right timeline or schedule. Um, looks like he's ahead of schedule, or at least on schedule, so he's going to be back uh, with the Cowboys at the start of the season. I'm still concerned about the Cowboys and running back. I'm just, I don't like the way they've approached it in the offseason. I love everything else they've done. The one issue I don't think the Cowboys were approaching in a responsible manner this offseason. I thought they did a great job with the cornerback spot opposite Diggs. Great job addressing the hole in the middle of the defense when that rush defense, when Leighton Vanderish went out and Jonathan Hankins went out. So you're like, man, let's go get a Leighton Vanderish. Let's go get us a little Leighton Vanderish. We'll get DeMarvin Overshone in case mm-hmm. something happens to our linebacker core again. And then let's go get Mozzie Smith in the first round, a rock of Gibraltar in the middle. I do think they were a little uh, careless and haphazard with their approach to running back in the offseason. And I hope it doesn't come back to bite them. I would agree with you on that. I hope that. it doesn't. But he- here's the deal, and this is the conversation. I'm, and it's going to sound like I'm going the other way on this deal. But we've talked about the running back position and, and the value of it. How much money are you willing to pay? You're just getting ready to pay uh, Tony Pollard, what, 10.9, I guess, is, is, is that's yeah, what's the on franchise, there. I think the it's franchise, 10.1 or something. Yeah, know, something so like then that, you yeah. look at what your opportunity will be with another running back. If you're not going to play the guy that you believe is your franchise player uh, more money, who are you going to go out there and get in the value side of it? The best of news that you gave was um, – when we talked about Deontay Foreman, that mm-hmm. should have been the game, the name that you went after right away because he was on the cheap, he's looking for a home, and he's a Texas kid. It would have been a perfect situation. You want to look at money? You would have been able to sell jerseys for a kid from the state of Texas that went to Texas and now, but I think that was the other part of it. He didn't want to pay nobody that went to Texas. DeMarvin Overshawn went to Texas? Yeah, on the defensive side. That's he wasn't true. looking at that. And, and, and he's not a running back. Yeah. And he's not a running back. So, yeah, I would look at uh, 
what the Cowboys did, and you know how I felt about it the whole time. I kept saying, go get those types of guys. I wanted them to go get Jordan Hicks when Jordan Hicks was out there just because of the value that you were going to get from and you kind of messed up on that. So maybe, like everything else, we like our guys. We like what they have in that running back room, but I don't see it. Because everybody wants to talk about Malik Davis, and I'm still waiting for Malik Davis to be that guy. Maybe this is it. Because mm. wasn't he in the same backfield in college with Damian Pierce? Didn't uh, they go to Florida together? Man. I think they were drafted together. Could be. I didn't I haven't done a lot of research on him. I, I don't think the Cowboys have I, I love Tony Pollard. I think he's awesome. I think you need insurance policies, mm-hmm. contingency plans behind Tony Pollard considering he's coming off the injury. Speaking of injuries, spec text line, people keep hitting us up. And yes, Jane Slater, along with Todd Archer, did report earlier today that Donovan Wilson uh wrote a car basically he wrote he was he was carted, carted off, off the field yeah. uh for some reason or another staff decided to take x-rays on his right calf apparently um and apparently they'll know more about that later on so mm, he's getting examined yeah so that, I don't know how serious it is but yeah Dumbo Wilson just signed his big deal hey, that's why you sign your big deal yeah that's why you get that that's cash that's why you get that home. <laughs> and now all of a sudden ooh. <laughs> Those injuries are a little bit different. Well, he's just that, a cap. That, that's a cramp. That's big money. Yeah, but that's a cramp. Yeah, that's big money though. Yeah. You, take, you take big money off the field. You're invested now. Yeah, in them. Exactly. Before he was invested, he was like, "Now nah, you got to play yeah. through that, man. Play through that." Yep. Uh, but now, now you invest. That's big money out there, man. Pull big money off the field. No. Yeah. And he was the Boom. leading tackler last year for the Dallas Cowboys. No, he's a great player. I'm loving. Him. He yeah. was lighting people up every single play. He was that guy that I'm like, man. He keeps getting better and better and better, and he's a headhunter. Nobody plays more uh, safeties, three safeties, th- than the Cowboys. They play mm-hmm. a ton of those three safeties with Donovan Wilson, M- uh, Malik Hooker, and, of course, uh, J. Run Curse. All right, jumping over to the Texans, who made some big moves here. Uh, they signed Titus Howard, their right tackle, to a three-year uh, $56 million deal, uh, 36 in guarantees. And uh, this is a guy that allowed three sacks, five quarterback hits last season. So that's pretty good numbers for a right tackle. The best pass blocking, at least based on pro football focus and based on Madden ratings, the best <laughs> pass blocking tackle in the NFL, they say, is Larry T- Larry Tunsil, who also was signed this to, a new, deal, to a, a new deal this offseason, three years, $75 million, $50 million in guarantees. And remember, they also signed Shaq Mason, Three years, $36 million. Uh, that is Shaquille Olajuwon Mason. There you go. Uh, to a three-year, $36 million. So three of their five starting offensive linemen, they made sure this offseason they took care of. So you do have C.J. Shroud, who signed his deal, uh, his fully guaranteed deal. Uh, you'd have all those pieces. These are foundational pieces. I remember you saying, Patrick, you were tired of Nick Casario signing everybody to these one-year, two-year yep. mercenary deals without building for the future this is it. No, I mean, and Casario knows that he is now all in with that trade at, at the draft. Yep. He, he's all in. It either works or it doesn't. He he knows his job is on the Your line. Your fate is sealed with so it. So yeah. there is yep. no point in making one or two year deals because then you're just trying to hand them a blank slate where you go, man, I need to make a, sl- a plan that I, they feel they're pot committed with me mm-hmm. and we can all go in this together. But if I give them an out, then everyone's in two years, you can be completely wiped away from the Casario experiment. Yeah, you don't, yeah, want, yeah. You don't want that. <laughs> you don't want that mindset yeah, in there. You want them committed. Yeah, yeah. So you want, hey, man, look at the O-line I built for you. And yeah, yeah, no we got this O-line that can be built for years to come, and we can, you you have to start making those moves at some point. And I think when when D'Amico Ryans came in and, and them talking about hiring Sean Payton and everything else, he saw the writing on the wall and was like, all right, it's, it's now you have to crap or get off the pot. This yep. is it. Yep. I'm with you on that, and I think for the Texans, it's the right time to do it because now you got your franchise quarterback, and I'll start building the O-line around them. Uh, that's what they're doing. And I think next season in the draft, you're going to see them kind of load up on some skill position guys for their young quarterback. Yeah, they'll, think, they'll go after a wide receiver early, you know, go after a, a running back relatively early. That means like fifth, fourth, fifth round. Yeah, like I, mm-hmm. this is definitely one where you – Or tight end. Yeah, you, you are looking at uh, basically who you got at wide receiver – how well does Dalton Schultz work out? Is Damian Pierce going to have another good season? Anybody like, okay, what do we need? Do we need a mm-hmm. wide receiver one, or do we have a wide receiver one? Do we have a wide receiver two? Do we have those guys? Do we have guys that we feel we can put in? And then what do we need to go out and get in the draft or in free agency? Unfortunately, the guy you'd really like to get is going to go way before you can get him, which is Marvin Harrison Jr., because oh, him yeah. and C.J. Stroud play together. He's the best wide receiver, but you trade away your first-round pick next year, so that's not happening. Uh, <laughs> but... 
I, I think that you can kind of take this season with C.J. Stroud. Go, who does he have chemistry with? And then maybe we move off one or two because we have a lot of young wide receivers on the Texans. Wide right receiver room up, upgraded, yep, tremendously. So, but there's yeah. a lot of young guys, so you can say, well, if he doesn't have relation uh, a good relationship with Noah, with Tankdale <laughs> or with Meiji or with somebody or Noah Brown or somebody like that, you go, okay, we can move off them and bring in somebody else next mm-hmm. season. But who do we know that he likes, and we can start building that way up? But I agree with you. I think next season is the we got to add in. You yeah. got to start taking getting some. Uh, off the shoulders of uh, C.J. Stroud. But I think they're also going to start building defensively first because well, it is D'Amico Ryan's team. Yeah, no, it's, but secondary is almost built. Yeah. I mean, you're, clo- you're close in the secondary, right? I mean, you've, you've drafted a lot of pieces early on in that secondary. Uh, hopefully Stingley works out because if it doesn't, that's a disaster. Man, he, he I was, believe he will work I out. Jalen Petrie's a star. Yeah. Petrie's a star. Another really dude is. that comes downhill hard, too. Yeah, he can no, make no, plays. He, he's unbelievable. He yeah. really is. He's a yeah. great young You feel like you got one of your, one of your defensive ends. Yep. So yeah. I mean, but you may he may want to take a you know another defensive end. He may want to take a couple linebackers, linebackers. to get in there. I agree. Uh, but yeah, I, I have a feeling when you don't have a first round pick next season, you know, wide receiver is either going to be a free agency move to bring in a veteran, or you're going to go ahead and you know try and take another waiver on a guy in the fourth or fifth round. But those early picks, I feel, are going to have to go to defense because the defense is okay right now. It's not it's not good. It's okay, but I I. As a head coach, if I was D'Amico Ryans, I'd probably want to build that first and go, I trust this, and then we'll figure it out. But C.J. Stroud's not going to hit his stride until year three or four. So let's let's build this first, and then when he hits his stride, then we can add some more pieces of the offense. The defense actually isn't as, you know, I don't think it's, it's, it's in a bad shape. If you look at recent success, it isn't as bereft <laughs> of successful seasons in recent memory than the offense. The offense has been the worst offense in the NFL for the last three or four years. Yeah. Now, like, also on the, the flip worst, side of that. Abysmal. The, yeah, the defense actually has been you, middle of the road in a lot of different areas. Where you know, that's why they won like some games. Yeah, the defense. Also, t- takeaways, they were yep, top ten takeaways. Have to, yeah, also, you've had the guy who coached the defense last year, Levy Smith, is gone. Also, a lot of those guys were on mercenary deals, so they're not all going to be there in the next coming years. So you still have to build upon it. But I agree with you. Their defense is better than their offense right yeah, now. It has been for a while. So I, I, I think you build that defense and try and build up and go, okay, now we have a really good defense, and now let's try and help out the offense. And it depends. If there's a real number one in the free agent market next year for wide receiver where someone becomes available on the trade market, I could they could go for it next year, but they may wait another year to try and get the right thing to happen or get a number one pick that they can go get a guy. Yeah. Um, I think they should draft a wide receiver. Just draft one that can develop with your young quarterback. No, I agree, you but know. you're you're also getting him in the second round next uh, year. Yeah, I'm just saying, like it would be to me going to get a free agent wide receiver, considering how much they cost. Just go get one in the draft. Yeah, there's, there's tons of them. Out there's there going to be a plenty in this this year's exactly. draft There'll for be, sure. There's going to be you're a next lot. Man. Yeah, you get better your next man. Yeah, like, there's going to be a lot of them. them. Plenty of them out there. Yeah. Uh, okay, we come back. We'll get into we'll get to more NFL news notes and nuggets a little bit later on in the show. Uh, we come back. We got to talk Astros. Go Astros! Another big win over the Rangers. We'll also get into uh, Lionel Messi scoring two goals. Come on, man! In his last match, don't play uh, with that man, dude. That is crazy. Yeah, it, yeah he's a man amongst boys out there for sure. Uh, we'll get into that and also uh, the biggest contract, uh, richest contract, I should say, in NBA history. We didn't talk about that yesterday, and I don't think. I understand it either. We'll talk about that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 1049 The Horn.
right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104 Now on the Horn. Midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick the Idillionaire plays uh, jams from a certain soundtrack that inspired him. And based on the selections that are played, Harge and I are supposed to gather clues and hints, breadcrumbs that lead us to the featured film of Midweek Movie Music. And I recognize the band's guy. And that has to narrow it down a little bit, Harge. It definitely it has to it narrow down. it down to a select few <laughs> movies. And we already done New Jack City. That, and guys yeah. on New Jack yeah. City like twice, I believe, on that soundtrack. It's not New Jack City. It's not New Jack City. I know because we already did that one. Wow. Harge, we got to get this one. This black card is on the line here. I'm, I'm going to, I'm, I know this is going to sound kind of crazy. But go. I'm gonna throw it out there. Go just go throw, throwing out black movies. Yeah. Just go. I'm go- <laughs> Stop throwing out black movies. Here's go- society. I'm- Boys in the hood. Yeah, yeah, no. I'm gonna get you something. <laughs> I'm gonna be sucker. a player. I'm gonna, just- I'm gonna get nope. you something. Nope. nope. <laughs> so none of the twelve that Rod <laughs> yeah, just said. Just keep going. Because like, I, I yeah. know the kind of movie that the guy's got to be on. Man. Yeah. Um, is it a, is is Damon Wayans in this movie? I do not believe so. Oh. Man. Hey, what's the name of the movie? <laughs> no, just, <laughs> oh, trying we, to catch you slipping. We have to get this hard. Yo, There's we like do. Only three, four movies they could beat. Yeah, and, and, and Chan already is on the on the line earlier. He was on it yesterday, and now oh, he's on it again. Man. He said, "Patrick, you got to challenge their black card." Wow. Yeah, that is deep. Well, it's right it's right the last midweek movie music, so we have to. You know, I had to challenge you one yeah. more time. Okay. I'm just gonna start thinking of all the black movies. I mean, there's yeah, yeah there's basically what it is yeah. in that certain era too. Yeah. Because that beat right there is old, old school. It is old school. I can't believe Patrick's doing this to us again. Yeah. Oh, man. I was going to say, could it be any given Sunday? Mm-mm. Nope. No way. Dang it. Too late. I think we're talking about a certain era here. <sighs> and it's the guy era. You know, that's not a that's not a that's, But <laughs> any given Sunday was in there. Yeah, yeah. Maybe on the edge of it. But we're talking about a certain era here, man. We got to get last Boy Scout? Nope. Uh, didn't we already do that? One, I think we did last Boy Scout at one time, or somebody was saying. I think. No, I, think, I heard somebody else's show was doing something about the okay. last one. Chad and Chad and Zay actually. Chad and Zay talked about. They did the last Boy Scout. All right, that's enough. All right, we'll try to do better next Dang time. It. That's a good hint, though. That's a nice clue. That's why uh, my man Patrick is the ideal in there. Okay, let's uh, talk first about the Astros and the Rangers. Go Astros! Astros with another win. Over the Rangers, gentlemen, and ooh, I do not want to jinx it. Dare I say it, the Astros do have a chance to break out the brooms on the Rangers uh, in this series. But more so than that, they're closing the gap um, in, with, in that lead. And they had a two-game lead. Now it is a one-game lead for the Rangers. And man, the Astros without – and this is, this, this is the most – Probably the most impressive thing about what the Astros are doing right now versus the Rangers. And the Rangers have that they've had injuries too. Everybody's got injuries, by the yep, way. You're yep. at that point in the season any where any sport you got it. Yeah, everybody at that point in the season where yep. any sport you're at the midway point like this, everybody's banged up. That's the point of having depth and talented depth mm-hmm. on your team. Um so the Astros now they're fifty eight wins. And Jordan <clears throat> and Jordan Alvarez and Jose Altuve have only played 13 games together. Together. 13 of those yeah, games together. No, no. Uh, you've only, I mean, uh, you still got uh, your Kitty who's out he's dealing still with you too. He's still out. Um, yep. So you got a lot of baseball left. And uh, Dana Brown, the new GM of the Astros, did say, he ex- these are his words, uh, there's a really good chance of Jose Altuve and Jordan Alvarez being in the lineup tonight. Those are his words. Really good chance. Well, it's a great chance because it's true. They're already in the lineup today. Done deal. Yeah, they are both in the lineup today. And obviously they are the uh, engine of this team. They are the backbone of this team. But during this time when you have guys out, some of your big boppers, you got a lot of chances to see some guys grow up. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we've gotten a chance to see. I talked about Chaz McCormick and what he means. By the way, he got another hit last night. It's been another big hit. And him being able to get that opportunity to play and making the most of it. We talked about uh, Dubon. Sec- he's been playing second base. He would normally play the outfield. He'll play shortstop. He'll play wherever he needs to be. But he's been playing really good baseball. So you've had other guys that have had the opportunity to play do good things. So that's that's a very, very impressive part. Well, now you get a chance to bring in your big boppers. You get a chance to bring in your bats that are are more experienced than some of mm-hmm. those guys. 
and get a chance. Former MVPs. I mean, think about who they are. These are playoff MVPs and having big hit after big hit. Difference makers. And yeah, yeah, and now they're back, and they're both coming back from the, from the same injury. Oblique. They're both dealing with oblique injuries. You remember when you were talking about I don't like that. how do all these people get all these weird injuries? Mm, yeah. That's another one of those weird injuries it because is. he's always swinging, you're twerking, That's you're true. doing different things, you're diving, you're sliding. There's so many different things that are going on, but the fact that you're getting those guys back is huge for the Houston Astros. What's bad for the Texas Rangers is that they're getting those guys back in this series (laughs) right now. And this is a bad, bad time for the Texas Rangers. They've had opportunities. I know a lot of people keep talking about, oh, the umpires, they missed the calls at home plate. They're missing all that. No, they didn't. You don't think that was a missed call in anything? No, because when you go back and you look at it and you really look at it, he got tagged out at home plate. He got tagged out at home plate. And again, you had a guy make a very strong throw to home plate. If your guy makes a strong throw the night before, you're not arguing about anything. It just so happened their guy made a stronger throw and got him out at home plate. Yeah, I, and I'll throw in another name when we talk about guys stepping up. Kyle Tucker right now. Oh, my God. He's an MVP. He's playing at another level. He is. If Shohei Otani gets traded to the National League, Kyle Tucker enters that conversation. Yep. And that that's the level he's been playing at. One of the reasons the Astros are a game behind – the division lead right now is because Kyle Tucker has basically kept the boat going with with Jordan being out for so long without Tuve being out. He has just been playing out of his mind. He had the catch to end the game last night. He also had a home run in that game. Uh, it, he's been playing out mm-hmm. of his mind right now. So when you say if he can continue to play at this pace and then you bring back Jordan, he can play at a level. And I think what you're really looking at is getting to the playoffs – Right now, your playoff lineup, Dubon probably goes out and plays in the outfield. I don't know if he's got the arm, but at least at home, he's got the arm to play over there and put Jordan on the DH or the yeah the DH, and that's a not a bad lineup because basically the only guy who's not hitting really well right now in that lineup is Maldonado and he, Myers, but Myers won't be in there. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, saying got, yeah, if you put Dubon yeah. out there and, and Jordan's on the DH, yep. that means Myers isn't in your lineup. Thank goodness. Maldonado's there who did hit a home run last night. Yep. Shout out. I mean, he hit that thing a mile. Yep. He put that above the, the, sta- <laughs> above yeah. the stadium. Yep. But, uh, it, like, so if you say that's your only guy and he has other benefits, I, that's not a bad lineup to go into the, the playoffs with. I know I keep hearing Astros fans getting mad because Pena's not playing well enough right now, and then they want to trade Pena, and they want to trade Chaz, and they want to trade. See, y'all don't trade starters for starters. Yep. That's not how you get better. Yep. You saw this with the Mavericks. They Mm -hmm. traded two good players for one, and they were not a better team for it. So don't trade starters for starters. There is some guys in their farm system, if they make a move, uh, I feel, you know, I, if I'm the Rangers right now, though, this is I really got to make a move at the trade deadline, and I don't will. know if the Astros are going to do much. They yep. may pull off a little bit because of the series. That's that's a great point because now looking at kind of the barometer, and you're getting like you know Horace talked about your force multipliers coming back to the lineup. Uh, and right now, you feel like you're playing well, and you got some guys that are just having career years right now. Chas mm-hmm. McCormick, we talked about, and you just brought up Kyle Tucker. Kyle Tucker's batting three hundred five. Let right me, let me, let me a, give you a little background on my man Kyle Tucker. 11-game hitting streak right now. He is one of the only players in AAA history to have a 30-30. He hmm. was a 30-30 in Round Rock. Yeah. And he was a guy that was always – everybody called for him, and they were like, don't call to ask us to trade anybody, especially if it has Kyle Tucker involved in it. You can do anything else, but don't call this team <laughs> – to ask about Kyle Tucker because Kyle Tucker is the no-trade list. Wow. He's been on that list for quite some time. Hmm. And I remember there was he was he was here in Round Rock, and I remember watching him play, and dude don't wear no batting gloves. He's, he's wearing he, it now. He's he like awkward. And I'm like, my goodness. But then you watch him go out there and take batting practice. You remember what we talk about? There's yep. a certain sound that comes mm-hmm. off that bat. And it was whiplash every single time he hit the ball. And I was like, dang, this dude is good. Yeah. And he is Yeah, They were saying a funny story of when Kyle Tucker was coming up and they were making a documentary about Ted Williams. And they were like, we need somebody who kind of looks like Ted for like just kind of shots around, someone who kind of swings like Mm -hmm. him and does it. And they're like, Kyle Tucker. 
That's wild. And so they were (laughs) like, dude, he just, if you look at those two swings together, he swings a lot like Ted Williams. And that is not a guy that you're, this guy you're pretty happy to be compared to. Uh, not yeah. off the field, but on the field, you are pretty happy to be compared to him, yep. a 400 hitter. So when you watch what he does, they're like, yeah, I mean, he did, he didn't look like a baseball player at the beginning, but then when you hear the comparisons, like he did look like Ted Williams, who didn't look like a baseball player. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll work out. And he can find that barrel anytime he wants to. He's yeah. been very, very clutch. He's impressive. He plays good defense. You talked about the robbery of the home yeah. run, and he makes the right play. All the time. Question is, will Kyle Tucker have his body and head frozen <laughs> for cryogenic reasons? Um, no. To be, to, to, Not to, yet. To, Not yet. <laughs> hey, to, hey, Astros, <laughs> if you need to work that in the contract to re-sign him, Just fine. Said, isn't Ted Williams, is he still that was, frozen that was the cryogenic? Rumor. It was a rumor. I don't know if it was ever confirmed. Mm-hmm. I think it's, I think people, I think it actually is confirmed that he, it was in cryogenic. I don't I know, know they, if it's still I, there. I know, they, he, I know they tried to do it. I don't know if it was ever successful that they did it. I think, they, I think they did it. I think no. they did it. They just, I, I don't know yeah. if they can reanimate it and all that. Yeah, yeah. And all that. That's in later, but I do believe it is supposed to be frozen yeah. cryogenically already. And I know the one thing that we haven't <laughs> had a chance to talk about because we've been talking Astros on this side, but I want to talk about the Texas Rangers and where they are as a baseball team right now. They've got to make some adjustments. They're, this game has gone back and forth until Patrick's <laughs> point about making moves, and if you think you need to, this is the time that they need to make the move because their pitching staff is a little bit shaky right now. Every time you go to the bullpen, mm-hmm. you're not sure of what you're going to get. You're bringing guys up from AAA, getting them down from AAA. You're making all these different moves, but you haven't built any consistency in that middle reliever. We saw when your uh, – not Jordan, but uh, 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 Chapman, Araldis mm-hmm. Chapman came in. He came in earlier in that game the other night, and now you're trying to figure out, okay, who's going to be our back-end guy? Sometimes you got to find a guy that can come in and, and stretch some of those innings out when the starter isn't able to go. We know that these guys have been working hard. they got a good offensive team. They need Corey Seager back as well. Corey Seager is a major part of their offense. It, it messes up the integrity of their lineup when Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, and all these other guys are out for whatever reason. Yeah. You're putting in different pieces to try to fill those void, and everybody can't fill those voids, especially when you look at Seager. He's an all-star. He's a big part of their success. He hits a lot of home runs. He drives mm-hmm. guys in. But most importantly, he shores up your infield. Uh, Ezekiel Duran has made a couple errors at shortstop. He's not your natural shortstop. He's, been, he's a guy that can play all over the field. But you want a guy that when the routine play needs to be made, he, you need a, a veteran to be there to do so. So there's a lot that the Rangers – it's a different conversation than what we were having a couple mm, weeks ago. It is. Now we're getting to the thick of it. And we did say this is where the Astros, they've been here. The Rangers are starting to try to make this part of their uh, DNA as well. The Astros are who they are. Mm-hmm. They're used to this kind of stuff. Right That's why you never see any panic from Dusty, even though I've been questioning him not putting Chaz in the lineup. But now Chaz is like, bro, you're going to have to play me. Yeah, but I guess <laughs> you can you question that. But then is, is, Keep winning. Uh, are, are the the tactics by Dusty Baker one of the reasons why Chaz is having a career year? They're, 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 I you know, you know what I think it is? I think it's the guys around Chaz that is helping Chaz. I think the guys talking to him, the guys that are spending time with him and making him more focused on the baseball game. I'm not saying he wasn't focused on it, but I think you know as well as I do, there's sometimes that the coaches may be trying to do something and you ain't buying into it, but there's a guy like Rod B coming to talk to me and say, hey, man, this is what he's trying to do. Do this, and things will start changing for you. I know, but, but that's, there's still that's, some that's, tactics That's the good it. cop, bad cop thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so I'm saying, like, yeah. everybody wants to get on back. Dusty's like, Dusty, Dusty doesn't care. Oh, I'm a big my, fan of Dusty. As long as his players are playing yeah. well, that's his job as a manager and a coach. Like, yeah. my guys are playing well. And y'all just don't – y'all want the guys to play more, but maybe this is part of his plan. Yeah. Just kind of roll it out slowly. Um, but either way, Chaz McCormick is playing. Chaz extremely. is balling. Yeah, he is. Um, okay, uh, somebody else that's balling. Lionel Messi's balling, gentlemen. Uh, last night, Inter-Miami beat Atlanta United 4-0. Man, Messi scored two goals. Mm-hmm. And had an assist, right? 
and had an assist. So he's got three goals and one assist in two games for Inter Miami. Cause he's only played 58 minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> for Inter Miami. Mm-hmm. He's already scored three goals, uh, including two in those 22 minutes he played last night. It took him 444 minutes to score three goals uh, with yep. PSG and 741 minutes to do it with Barcelona. Uh, but now he already has two, three goals in two matches. It took him 19 matches to reach three goals with Barcelona, six matches to reach three goals with PSG. He's already basically made Inter-Miami one of the best teams in the MLS and maybe the best team in MLS just with his presence alone. Absolutely. He's that and and we good. knew this was going to happen because wow. the level of play in the MLS compared to overseas is totally different. That's why they have the Premier League. That's why they have the Champions. That's why they have all these different leagues over there where it's a little bit difficult. You just said how long it's been taking them. I asked my family last night. I said, we've talked about Messi before. What is he going to do? He said he is going to set records that have never been set in this league because he's yeah. that much better than yeah, everybody. Like LeBron James playing in the G League. Like he's gonna, he's gonna, it's just going to be so different. Patrick Mahomes going yeah. to the XFL. Like yeah. He's going to dominate. Yeah, but he got to have some dominant people with him. Because Patrick true. Mahomes can't be able to ball out, but them dudes can't catch them sidearm passes. You got to have some ballers with you. He's got a couple guys that he brought. There's some other guys that are coming over too. The league is about to change because a lot of these guys now are looking at MLS and saying, you know what, let's go over here and play and then raise the level of the league. you already seen the impact. Tickets are $10,000 oh, to try to go man. in there. Yeah. He, can, he can go in a grocery store, but he can't walk on a soccer field. You know what I'm saying? So this is a, a huge, huge get for the MLS, for Inter uh, Miami, but most importantly, Messi's about to change the way people are watching MLS soccer. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty So bad. impressed with it. Uh it is it's impressive. Yeah, no, he's doing he's definitely you're right, putting him on a putting MLS soccer on a different stage mm-hmm. and platform internationally. Um and even for those here in uh the States, of course, too. All right, we come back, we'll get into a little flex. Uh the all flex watch list continues to be revealed, and uh we'll discuss that on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie, one four nine the horn. Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn, midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. That's when Patrick, inspired by a certain movie soundtrack, plays those selections for us, and based on the selections that are played, Hard you're not supposed to gather clues and hints that lead us to the featured film of midweek movie music. Wow. I know it's not something like white men can't jump or anything nope. like that, because we already did that. This is so obvious. I'm trying so to hear upset. this one. That's, is that Left Eye? Yep. Like, I know all the artists. I know the songs. I just can't. I'm going to say it's House Party. That's good. No. That's a great guess. I mean, they're all good guesses. I mean. That's that's the best guess we've had so far, Harsh. That's money. That is good. That's good. Wow, wow, wow. You be yo, you be. I know. Wow, wow. You be We're going to be so upset at ourselves. I am already angry. <laughs> I'm already angry because I'm he really angry. is challenge. He really is challenging us today. I know. And we've I've seen this movie cuz I, I I know we've seen I can it. hear all the songs in like in a very familiar way. And like, oh, I'm be so upset. <laughs> My black card is going to get canceled again. I know and I'm yeah. going with you. Yeah, you definitely. Yeah, yeah. you go with me too. Yeah. And we've named a, a lot. We've played a lot of mu- music videos. I cannot believe we cannot get this. Yeah, I can't either. Okay, uh, let's get to the all-flex watch list, the defensive backs. Hopefully we can do better here. Uh, the reveal, the all-flex watches for the DBs. I like this group. Alex Foster, um, I call him kind of the, uh, the defensive uh, equivalent of a Terminator out there, man. He's all over the place. Uh, the Vandegrift defensive back, who is currently committed. Air Force. 
Thank you very much. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, Cashton LaPlante uh, from Hutto. Uh, Denim Collins of Westlake, also a corner, good player. Josiah Estes of Lake Travis, mm-hmm. uh, also another really good corner. Uh, Judson Crockett of Westlake. Westlake got two of them on here. Caden yep. uh, Cook of Stony Point. Cameron Green of McNeil. McNeil also represented with two of them. They got Keegan McBride as well. Uh, Leonard Moore, who I think is the best corner in Central Texas. He is committed to Notre Dame currently. Uh, Matthew Arnett, a beautiful Johnson, uh, Peyton Morgan, who I think might be along with Alex Foster, might be talking about the best safety uh, in the uh, in the flex area. And is he Texas Tech? Texas Tech, man. Yeah, I yep. know that. That's happened a few weeks ago. And uh, Shane Warner, and, and by the way, uh, Peyton Morgan from Flugerville Weiss. Yep. Uh, and Shane Werner uh, from Stony Point. Yep. Also makes the team. And it's, it's, or it's all flex watch, excuse me. Yeah, we only have a couple guys that are not in the class of 24, just a couple that are in 22, I mean 25. So yeah, they got one more year. That's big time. That and Caden Cook is the younger brother of uh, uh, Cameron, Cook? Cameron Cook that went to oh, Texas Tech. I, say, I mean, I went mean, to TCU. When you met him? We, met we did. He was here. Okay, yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, okay. I used to give him lessons. You, you can coach yeah, hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the linebackers for the All Flex Watch list uh, have also been revealed. Uh, ben uh, Boer. Is it Boer? That maybe, looks about right. Uh, but if Van, Van de Griff, uh, hit me up with the phonetic spelling if you want to. Uh, 512-337-3776. Uh, Bobby Holland from McNeil. Um, Caius Coy. From Westwood, Darius Holiday from Elgin, uh, Landry Leggett of Georgetown or Leggett from Georgetown, uh, Luca uh, Picucci, is it Picucci? Yeah, I think so. Trippin Springs, uh, Marcus Boswell of Lake Travis, Preston Welton of Rouse, Reed Vines of Cedar Park, and Will Peeler of Austin High are your linebackers to make the All Flex watch list. You have receivers and running backs, Ken Folk, yeah, yeah. Uh, tomorrow, and then the quarterbacks on Friday. So shout out to the All Flex crew. Helping out with the uh, the uh, Flex watch list. Go to flxatx.com, flxatx on all your social media platforms. No doubt. To catch up with them there. All right, we come back. We'll get into uh, some Texas football discussion. Expectations sky high. Another national analyst uh, puts Texas at 11. 11 mm-hmm. wins for the 2023 season. We'll discuss that. We'll give our uh, – we'll – predictions on who are going to be the breakout performers for Texas this year. Last year was Jalen Ford, broke out, had a great season last season. I think JT Sanders probably among those breakout performers last year for Texas. Who will be the breakout performers this year? We'll discuss that. Also, we'll talk about the newcomers expected to earn playing time in Big 12 travel mileage. Oof. What teams are traveling the most in this uh, new look Ridiculous. Big 12? All that more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 Horn.